Let's open our Bibles, please, to Psalm 119. We gave you a little bit of introduction last week, uh, Sunday night, and we said that this, I want to give you the introduction again, I'll just give you that part. This psalm has been called a small Bible, the ABC of love and praise. And this is another alphabetical psalm. Each verse in the first division starts with the first letter in the Hebrew alphabet. And then the next division starts with the second letter. There are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet and 22 parts to this psalm of eight verses each. The first line in each division starts with a corresponding Hebrew letter. This psalm excels all others, not only in length, but in manner, variety, depth, and meaning. There are ten different terms used referring to the Word of God, and I want to give you those ten terms, and then we'll get into the section we're dealing with. The law is one, God's law in general, and the way... It's a plain rule of conduct. Thy testimonies, promises made to us. Thy precept, God's prescription. Thy statutes, written law. Thy commandments, that's divine orders. Thy judgments, court decisions. Thy word, God express will. Thy sayings, that's expressions. And thy truth, eternal facts. And so you have all those terms that are used here to uh, speak of what we find here and usually say the Word, the Word of God. But all these terms are used to define the Word of God in one of these various aspects. Now then, we taught the first eight verses Sunday night. So we'll pick up with verse 9. And we're, this, this is a very important psalm. And I don't want to um, drag it out to you, but I do want to cover it thoroughly because it's so rich. So we'll try to come to a happy medium in that. So let's look at verse 9. <clears throat> it says, Wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way? And then the answer is given. By taking heed thereto according to thy word. You know, it's a good question for all young people to ask. Not only a young man, but for young people. Remember, Ecclesiastes 12 verse 1 says, Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth. And it says, while the evil days come not. In other words, there's a time when people are not so uh, ready to hear what God's Word has to say. So when they can be reached when they're young, when they're tender and young and children. So it's a good question to be asked, isn't it? Where, where shall a young man cleanse his way? You know, uh, young men are eager to venture and often become reckless and foolish. Young people uh, have a tendency to, to go astray. It's just human nature to go the wrong way. We're, uh, we have a lot of strikes against us. We're born sinners and we have the enticement of the world and we have uh, the flesh and the devil tries to lure people away. And you know, it's a good question to ask and a good thing to get started right. That's why it's so important to get our uh, boys and girls and young people in church and Sunday, in ch- Sunday school and church. Because if they don't get right now, they may never. They may never get right. It's better to get off to a good start than to have to get in step later on, isn't it? I found that out when I was marching in the Navy. You know, those guys that start out, if you start out on the wrong foot, chances are you're going to have a time getting back in step. And it's the same way with uh, young people and children. If they don't get started right, uh, it's awful hard for them to get to going right. So it's a lot easier. And that's why we like for little boys and girls to to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, for them to 
be baptized for their fathers and mothers to bring them to church and Sunday school and not just send them, to bring them, be there with them, be an example to them. And if all these things are done, the odds are in your favor that they're going to turn out all right. Because the Bible says, bring up a child in the way he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it. And the thing about it is, we do have children that get rebellious and they get older, uh, teenagers and 20, 25, 30 years old, and sometimes they go astray. But remember, in your prayers, you're praying that that teaching that they had from childhood will bring them back to the right way. And so we have to keep on praying for that, don't we? Wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way? And the answer is given by taking heed thereto according to thy word. I was asked yesterday by someone... Uh, about certain uh, problems with children and what all they were dealing with. I said, well, get them in church and in Sunday school. One of the members of this church, by the way, or one that comes to this church, and, and having problems with their children. Well, you know, the teachers say, send them to this counselor, and you need family, you need family therapy, and you need this and that and the other. And the first thing they do is start blaming mama and grandma about what all's happened. You know, my mother wasn't perfect. My grandmother wasn't either, but... But uh, I didn't blame them for anything that I got into. And I think these people got a habit of play, uh, blaming someone and says, you know, they, they talk about a dysfunctional family. A dysfunctional family. I'm not saying that all therapy is wrong. Don't misunderstand me. And I know some people do need it. But I'm saying that the direction here was by taking heed thereto according to thy word would fix this guy's problem, wouldn't it? And so many people, uh, you know, they, they get off onto this... Uh, uh, kind of idea that you've got to have someone to tell you every move to make. I know people can't even get up during the day and do anything till they talk to a counselor. You know, you just can't make it through the day. Some of them become so dependent upon them, they don't even know when to fix their meals or go to bed. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. They just really don't know what to do unless they consult. If a little problem comes up during the day, well, you know, I'll have to talk to my therapist. Well, listen, I've got one I can talk to early in the morning, late at night. Don't you? All around the clock. And then he's already given me all the directions I need anyway. It says that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. And this young man that was wondering how that he could... Wherewith shall the young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. So he needed to study it and to understand it and get his directions from God. And then he wouldn't have any of these problems. And if we had people seeking God and God's Word and studying the Word of God, we'd have far less problems to deal with. The answer to this young man's question is right here. The Bible says, Moreover, brethren, we, taught, we preached on it in Psalm 19, verse 11, this last Sunday, Is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them is there great reward. Remember the warnings of God's Word and the rewards of God's Word we preached on Sunday morning? Moreover, by God's Word are we warned, and, and in keeping God's Word there's great reward. There's things to be uh, received from doing it. Verse 10 says, With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Look at this. Wholehearted seeking of the Lord is required. The Bible, Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You know, sometimes we begin to worry about what am I going to do tomorrow and what am I going to have? And Jesus said, after all these things do the Gentiles seek. But he says, your heavenly Father knows what things you have need of before you ask Him. Didn't He? And He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. 
And then all these things, that is that you have need of, and that's what he was talking about, shall be added unto you. So just get your, your priorities right and straight. And then prayer is required, look, for divine aid. He says, oh, let me not wonder from thy commandments. Let me not wonder from thy commandments. Jesus, in this prayer that he taught the disciples to pray, taught them to said to say, give us day by day our daily bread, or this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. But he said, he started out, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And he said, give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those that trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, now here's the point, but deliver us from evil. Prayer is required. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Deliver us from evil. If we're to uh, be delivered from wandering away, we need to pray about it. Then verse 11 says, look at this. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. You see, here it's a word that's hidden in the heart. God's word in the heart helps to turn us from sin. God's word in the heart will uh, do for us what uh, a lot of other things will not do. And that is to let it uh, dwell in your heart. Uh, love it. And uh, the Bible says the law of God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide in Psalm 37 verse uh, 31. You won't wander from God's commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Look at verse 12 now. It says, Blessed art thou, O Lord. Teach me thy statutes. A spirit of gratitude and a desire to be taught helps us. That's what needs to, that, that's what will help us. First of all, gratitude. He says, blessed, blessed art thou, O Lord. When we can be thankful for everything that God has done for us, and then turn around and say, teach me to follow you better. Teach me to do what you want me to do. Remember, Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Look at verse uh, 13. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. So after you're taught, you have a willingness to teach others. And a willingness to teach others helps us. Look at that. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. You know, teachers are blessed when they teach. When you teach someone else, the blessing comes to you for having learned how to teach them. It says in verse... uh, 14 then, I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. A spirit of rejoicing helps to keep us from despair. You know, if we'll rejoice more, we'll despair less. Paul said in Philippians 4 verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. So, if we will do that, it will help keep us from despair. The Bible tells us that the 70, you know, went on their way, and they brought back... uh, They came back rejoicing over what they had done. And Jesus said, Rejoice not that the demons were subject unto you, but rather that your names, listen, are written in heaven. Isn't that something to rejoice about? That we as sinners even, and servants, they were servants, special servants, and they even had demons subject to them. And they came back and they were rejoicing in the fact that they had such power. And Jesus said, Rejoice not that the demons were subject to you, but rather that your names are written in heaven. Be glad that you're a child of God. Be thankful that you're a child of God. And then reading the scriptures. Look at this next one. Uh, I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. 
Reading and memorizing the scriptures is not enough, though that's good. We must meditate upon them. The Bible says, in his law shall he meditate day and night. So it's good for you to memorize a verse. It's good for you to read scriptures. But it's also good if you'll take that word that you have read and meditate in it. Think about it. Just think about it. Sometimes we get in such a hurry reading, we don't have time to to, uh, really digest it. It's like eating food too fast, you know. Sometimes people eat, just shovel it down and it's all gone and they don't even know what they've tasted hardly. But taste each word in each verse. I had a teacher one time that would, you know, he'd read a verse like I just read. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. And he'd go back and he says, I will meditate and I will meditate in thy precepts. And he'd just deal with it, analyze that thing. And by the time he got through, he had ten minutes of real good, wonderful teaching just by really digesting all that's in the verse. And sometimes if you'll do that, you'll find in your reading, it will help you. And we're in such a hurry to read a whole chapter. Well, that's good. There's nothing wrong with reading a whole chapter or a book. I like to read a book at a time or two. But anyway, the thing about it is we need to let it be something that will be food to our soul. I will meditate in thy precepts and then as a result and have respect unto thy ways. How would we have respect in God's ways if we did not meditate in his word? Have respect. Have respect is to consider God's word as it really is. Have you ever thought about the respect due to God's word? The Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, it means mature, grown up, truly furnished unto all good works. And so if it's all given by God-breathed inspiration of God, we should have respect to God's word. A deep respect. The Bible says that holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. For the word of God came not... In old time, by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And so we find that it's God's word, and we will have respect unto his ways. Look at the next statement, verse 16. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. We should take a great delight in God's word. And God's word needs to be remembered by us. We need to remember not only what it says, but what it instructs us to do. And then obey it. James tells us, let me read in James chapter 1, verse 22 and through 25. It says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man uh, unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, a mirror. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, into the word of God, He being not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Now, you see the answer? If we look into God's Word, and God's Word tells us uh, what is right and wrong, and tells us how to live, and gives us guidance and direction, and if we go and just go our way and not pay any attention to it, we're like a man that walks up to the mirror and sees uh, dirt on his face and uh, grease on his hands and everywhere. Everything is wrong, and he needs to, to wash and clean up. And just say, well, you know, I look pretty good and go forget about it and not wash anything off. That's what we're like if we do not pay any attention to God's Word. So, it says here, 
I will delight myself in thy uh, statutes. I will not forget thy word. I'll remember to obey it. I'll remember to do something about it. Look in this next section of eight verses. Verse 17. Deal bountifully with thy servant. Now here, this is God's servant. This is a section that deals with God's servant. And he says, a bountiful provision is what he's asking for. You know, we don't want the, the skimpy part. The Bible says, the grace of our God was exceedingly abundant, is what Paul said. Psalm 81 verse 10 says, open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. In other words, God says he has plenty to give us. Remember in Malachi, when they brought the tithes, he says, See if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. So a bountiful provision is asked for. Deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live and keep thy word. There's three things. He wanted a large supply and he wanted life and he wanted to keep God's word. We need all those things as well. That's why he wanted a large supply. And then if you look at verse 18, it says, Open thou mine eyes that I may behold the wondrous things out of thy law. Spiritual understanding is what we need to see. In the book of Ephesians, let's see if I can find it. Chapter 1 and verse 18. Let's read verse 17. Paul is praying for the Ephesians. He says, That, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, he's, he's giving thanks and This is a part of his prayer for them. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. The eyes, your understanding, your spiritual understanding is as if it has eyes. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saint and what the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Look at that. By the way, there are three what's there. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what. Look at that verse and that word what. First, what is the hope of his calling? There's one. And what? There you have it again. The riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saint. In verse 19. And what? The exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe, according to the work of his mighty power. And then you can add the next two verses to show you what that working is. Alright, let's look back in our Psalm 119 and verse uh, 19. I'm a stranger in the earth, hide not thy commandments from me. I'm a stranger. Strangers in the earth need to know God's will. We're strangers and pilgrims, the Bible says. Hide not thy commandments from me. If we're strangers on the earth, we certainly need God's direction as we transverse uh, this earth, not knowing where we're going as strangers and pilgrims. Hide not thy commandments from me. And then he says, My soul breaketh for the longing that it hath unto thy judgments at all times. The desire was constant. My soul breaketh for the longing that it hath unto thy judgments at all times. Do you and I at all times need God's uh, judgments? And then verse uh, 21. Thou hast rebuked the proud that are cursed, which do err from thy commandments. The sin of pride leads to rebellion. The sin of pride leads to rebellion. Thou hast rebuked the proud that are cursed, which do err from thy commandments. If you turn to the book of uh, Acts chapter 12, let me give you something. Old Herod... Let me read verse 21 and be good enough. 
Look at verse 21. And upon a set day Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne and made an oration unto them. And the people gave a shout, saying, It is the voice of a God and not a man. See, he, he really thought he was as the voice of God. And immediately, look at this, the angel of the Lord smote him because he gave not God the glory. And he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. But the word of God grew and multiplied. Notice what that verse says back in Psalm 119, verse 21. Thou hast rebuked the proud that are cursed, which do err from thy commandments. And God has a way of rebuking in a very severe way. I want you to notice verse 22. Remove from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept thy testimonies. Remove from me. Notice. He not only wanted it removed from him, but he didn't want to have anything to do with reproach and contempt. Look down in verse 29, if you will, in the next section. Remove from me the way of lying. You know, the psalmist didn't say remove me from. You see how that's worded? He says, here's the way of lying. Remove me from that. No, he says, remove from me. Remove from me reproach and contempt. Remove from me the way of lying. Look in Proverbs, uh, find it again. Chapter 30 and verse 8 says, Remove far from me vanity and lies. He didn't say, remove me far from vanity and lies, but remove far from me vanity and lies. As if vanity and lies are here, right? And reproach and contempt are here. And the way of lying is here. Three times, two in the Psalms and once in the Proverbs, you find that statement, remove from me. And this one in Proverbs says, remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me. And the reason, he says, lest I be full and deny thee and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. God knows what's good for us, doesn't he? Sometimes we think we know what's best for us, but God knows what's good for us. And if we'll be satisfied with what the Lord does, we'll be far better off. Okay, back in Psalm 119, verse 23. Princes also did sit and speak against me, but thy servant, there's the servant again, did meditate in thy statutes. The Bible is a refuge from envy. You, when, when the princes sit and speak against you, when uh, you have opposition... Thy servant did meditate in thy statutes. You just stick true to the word and try to stay in the word of God and things will be better. The Bible is a refuge. And then, thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. The scriptures bring delight to God's man and also the scriptures, God's word gives counsel. We said it again, didn't we? We had that kind of at the first part of our lesson. The counsel that you need. Look at that. Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. What is his counselors? God's testimony. If you want direction, study God's word. If you want uh, direction, listen to God's word. Hear it taught and hear it preached. And that necessitates assembling in the house of God. Right? Because if you're going to hear it taught from the pulpit, you need to be in church. And if you do hear it taught... And here it declared, it's going to be counsel to you. I try to tell people the best counsel they can receive, the best instructions, is to stay in God's Word and to stay in the house of God. And eventually, the Word will hit on your problem. And if you read it, you'll hit on it probably yourself anyway. 
in uh, the book of uh, Acts, let me give you this, in the 20th chapter, verse 27, Paul, in, he brought the Ephesians, look at verse 17 first, and then we'll drop down. Verse 17, Acts 20, verse 17, it says, From Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. So this is who he's speaking to, the elders of the church, and Paul was going to instruct them, and he did. And then it says in verse 27, For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. What was he talking about? The Word of God. All the counsel of God. And then he goes on to say, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. The word feed means not only to feed them upon the word, but to rule and to guide and to lead and, and to be the pastor. And these elders were to feed or to guide the church. And you can study it out. It says that. To feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw, draw away disciples after themselves. That happened in churches around here, haven't they? And they say, you know, uh, they want to come into some church down. They did rid us down. It's happened in other parts of the town. And some guy else wants to be the pastor. Danny here at the funeral the other day. He shared with Randy and I, and we can pray about it too. It's for all of us to pray about. It. He said, "Brother Joyce, you and Brother Randy pray." He says, "The church down at the Level Land that I came out of." I said, "Me and my wife." And he said, "It's a good church, and the pastor's a good scriptural man." And said, uh, "A preacher came into the church, and one day he handed him a note, and he says, the note read says, uh, preacher, you should resign. You're not preaching the Bible.'" And he'd been preaching it for years. And Danny said, "He's a good scriptural man." See. Look what Paul said. For this I know, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock, and also of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. And they split churches up. Some preacher come along and he wants to split up the church. And he does it because he wants the flock. That's the reason he does it. Randy and I was discussing that after the service. And Randy says, Suppose, who do you suppose this fellow would have said ought to take your uh, your place, Pastor, after you resign? Would there have been any question about it? That guy that handed him the note, that's the one that wanted it. But anyway, I'm still not down to the point. Verse 31 says, Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years uh, I cease not to warn everyone uh, night and day with tears. And now, brethren, here's the verse, verse 32. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, listen, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. So verse 27 says, I have not shown to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Verse 32 says, And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance. Isn't that counsel? That's the best counsel in the world. Why do you have to have someone? You go to God. And you go to God's Word. And when brethren talk over problems, when we pray for one another, things will work out. Let's just pray for one another and love one another and forgive one another. That's what it's all about. There's none of us perfect. I sure am not. And I don't claim to be. And maybe some of you all are, but you can answer that. But anyway, let's go back to this psalm. Uh, look at verse uh, Psalm 119, verse... Uh, uh, well, where was it? Verse uh, 22 is what we was talking about. 
Remove from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept thy testimonies. Princes did also sit and speak against me, but thy servant did meditate in thy statutes. Thy testimonies are also my delight and my counselors. My counselors, that's what we were talking about. We're talking about counsels from God's Word. So he says, thy testimonies not only delight, but are my counselors. And then I want to look at the... We still have time to get into the next section. I have these sections to where we try to cover as many as we can, uh, one at a time. This next section deals with deliverance from bondage. Deliverance from bondage, beginning with verse 25. First of all, notice he says, My soul cleaveth unto the dust. Quicken thou me according to thy word. What's he talking about here? My soul cleaveth unto the dust. We think of the lust of the flesh. You know, man has a fleshly and an earthly nature, doesn't he? Uh, the Bible says the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another so that we cannot do the things that we would. Paul says in another place. Uh, and we find that uh, he says, quicken thou me according to thy word. He says, I'm like a dead man. My flesh cleaveth to the dust. And he says, I want you to quicken me or give me life. Divine life is needed in that condition. Isn't it? Think of Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. What does it say? And you hath he quickened who were what? Dead in trespasses and sins. You, and that's all of us. That's the past history of believers. You hath he made alive. What does he say here? My soul cleaveth unto the dust. I need to be made alive. And he says, quicken thou me according to thy word. Give me life. Divine life. You see that which is born of the flesh is flesh. But that which is born of the spirit is spirit. There's divine life. In Romans 8, let me read it for you. Verse 2 says, God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? So we were dead to sin. How shall we now that have life live any longer therein? Okay, look at verse 26. I have declared my ways and thou heardest me. Teach me thy statutes. I have declared thy ways and thou heardest me. Teach me thy statutes. Here's an honest confession. He says, I've told you all about myself. And uh, teach me thy statutes. He's asking for a divine teaching to help him. Prayer is heard and prayer is answered. He declared it all. And then divine teaching is needed. Do we need divine teaching today? Teach me thy statutes. We need God's teaching for us. In verse 27, Make me to understand the way of thy precepts. This is what he wanted to know. Make me to understand the way of thy precepts. So shall I talk of thy wondrous works. When we understand something, we're better able to say something about it. He says in verse 28 now, My soul melteth for heaviness, his trouble and sorrow. You know, our soul sometimes has heaviness, doesn't it? uh, Strengthen thou me according to thy word. This is the time that strength needs to be asked for when there's trials and troubles. Uh, Job said, Man that is born of woman is what of a few days, and they are full of trouble. He says, Man that is born of woman is born into trouble as the sparks fly upward. He's talking about the sparks of the, the wheel that you turn. If you sharpen something on the wheel, the sparks fly upward. And he says, man that's born of woman is a few days and they're full of trouble. So we have our share of heaviness. My soul melteth for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according to thy word. Where do we find strength? Remember that in Deuteronomy verse 33, verse 25, it says, as thy days, so shall thy strength be. In other words, what do we need? We need strength for each and every day. Let me turn you also to the book of Ephesians. I 
was thinking of a verse that might do you good. In Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16, notice what it says. That He would grant you, this is grace, if He does it. If God grants you something, you don't deserve it, see. That He would grant you a free gift, this is a grant you, according to the riches of His glory, grant you what? To be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. You see, God knows where we need the most strength. We need strength physically. But He says that He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might by His Spirit, His Holy Spirit, in the inner man. Sometime I'll teach you these. Look back in verse 13. Wherefore I desire that you faint not at my tribulations. You have Ephesians 3 verse 13. That's a that of encouragement. Don't worry about my tribulations. And then this next one, that he would grant you to be strengthened by spirit in the, in the inner man is the that of strengthening. In verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your heart, hearts by faith. That's the that of indwelling. In verse 17, that ye being rooted and grounded in love, that's the that of stability, rooted and grounded in love. Down verse 19, to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God, that of fullness. Now unto him that is able, that of ability, to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, that of all mightiness, all that we ask or think, and then the that of power that worketh in us. Unto Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. So, what do we need? Strength. Turn back to our psalm now. Psalm 119 and verse uh, 28. My soul melteth for heaviness. <clears throat> Strengthen thou me according to thy word. Well, what is that strength according to God's word? Every day, as thy day, so shall thy strength be. That's Deuteronomy we gave you. It's a strength in the inner man. Paul said, uh, my strength is made perfect in weakness. He says, God said to Paul, we preached on it in, the, in Helen's funeral the other day. My grace is sufficient for thee. And Paul says, I will rather therefore glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He says, for when I'm weak, then I'm made strong. He says, my strength is made perfect in weakness. And so when we're weak, we're made strong. We're, we're strengthened every day. We're strengthened in the inner man. What does he say here? My soul melteth for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according to thy word. Now verse 29. Remove from me the way of lying. We dealt with that earlier when we referred down to it from verse 22. And grant me thy law graciously. That's verse 29. Truth is desired. And grace is the law that's asked for on the terms of grace. The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Look at verse 30. I have chosen the way of truth. Thy judgments have I laid before me. His choice was what? Of the way of truth. His choice was the right way. You know, pe people can choose the way they want to go. What did he say? I have chosen the way of truth. Thy judgments have I laid before me. What have you chosen? You see, it's a matter of choice with folks. Some people choose the wrong way. They make the wrong decision. The Bible, uh, Joshua says... I don't know about you folks. He says, you can serve the gods on the other side of the flood. But he says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. See, you make the choice. And it's up to you which way you choose. I have chosen the way of thy truth. You know, you and I, Randy, we go uptown. We see around men, talk to them. 
we find people choosing every kind of way, every kind of way in the world to live and to act and to treat people and to to curse and to swear and to to brag and to boast and to uh, talk about someone else and never any love and compassion and concern and 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 choosing the way that's right. But see, they chose that way. They liked that. If that's the way you want to be, be that way. Nobody can help it. You've got to make the choice to turn around. And when you choose God, He's going to help you to do the turning around. But a lot of people are just choosing the wrong thing and therefore they're going to live the wrong way. And the psalmist says, I have chosen the way of truth. He had problems. Look back up uh, in verse 28. He says, my soul melteth for heaviness. He had problems, didn't he? Uh, first place, he says, my clo- in verse 25, my soul cleaveth unto the dust. He needed life. And then when he had life, he says, it melts for heaviness, verse 28. And he needed God's strength. And now he says, I've chosen the way of thy truth. I want to do it right. And as a result, God will help you. Thy judgments have I laid before me. I've laid them right before me. I have stuck into unto thy testimonies. This is stick to it. His confidence was based upon a good conscience. He was ready to live the right kind of way. The right way. And he says, I'm going to stick to it. You've heard that old guy say, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Well, this is God's word and we're sticking to that. It says in Hebrews chapter 2, I believe it is. Listen. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip, let them get away from us, let them run away. I preached on it before. So we need to stick to God's word. There are some things we don't need to lose. And so that's what he was saying. I've stuck under thy testimonies. O Lord, put me not to shame. I don't want to be ashamed because of my uh, ability and desire to stick to your testimonies. And you will never be ashamed if we'll do that. He wanted grace to do the will of God. He wanted God to teach him in the right way. He wanted to do the right thing. And the person that wants to do the right thing will not be put to shame. It says, he that, listen... He that believeth on him shall not be confounded. He that believeth on him shall not be ashamed or put to shame. And so the following God will not put you to shame. Or there will be people that you'll... It didn't say you wouldn't have opposition. It didn't say you wouldn't have problems. It didn't say you wouldn't have people that didn't believe like you do. started talking to a guy today. And he was telling me about how that... I didn't say a whole lot about it because I thought all I'm going to do is start an argument with this fellow. But he's talking about how... That uh, creation and evolution just went hand in hand. I thought, you dummy. What's the use of me saying? What's the use of me saying anything? Because he's already convinced that that's the way it was. And, and I quoted him in Genesis 1, verse 1 and 2. And I uh, said, in, in the beginning was, uh, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And I said, in the beginning God created it. And a great catastrophe came, but I said, that has nothing to do with uh, the time element of creation. But I said, on the other hand, uh, I'm not so sure it's teaching what you're talking about. And uh, so rather than start a big argument, I just kind of let it ride and let him go on his way because it wouldn't change anything anyway. You know, when people are determined to know the wrong thing, they're going to know the wrong thing. The only way you'll know the truth is seek the truth. That's what he said here. He says, I want, your, I want the truth. It's what uh, the psalmist said in one of these verses. I have chosen the way of thy truth. A way of truth. Verse 30. 
Now then, the last verse says, I will run the way of thy commandments. That means that uh, he wanted to do what God wanted him to do. When thou shalt enlarge my heart. 